Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to our car care show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns, ASC Certified Technician with Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Good morning, Dan. Good to have you back in the saddle again. Good, good morning, Denny. Beautiful day in the Twin Cities today, isn't it? Yeah, it is indeed. We'll have uh, you know relatively warm, uh, maybe average temps today and tomorrow, and then we're going to go... Uh, into a little cooling spell, which I guess is uh, is the time of the year. Uh, Dan has been with us here on CCO for, we figure, over 25 years helping you out. And if you have uh, any kind of a car care question, car, truck, van, if you have some issues with it and you need to take it in for your uh, for some service with your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, but you want to know what the heck could be wrong with it, well, Dan could give you some idea. It's always good to walk in with uh, more information rather than less. So call in your question. And keep in mind, don't wait, because if you do have a question, Dan will be with us till just about 7.45. So we don't want to miss out on helping you if uh, we can uh, possibly get your questions answered earlier. So call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. Well, Dan, I know that uh, Lloyd's is, uh, uh, you guys are off today, right, because of the holiday. We are off today because of the uh, long holiday weekend, and we're off Monday. But we'll be uh, back at it full strength on Tuesday. Very good. We'll let you know how to get in touch with those good uh, folks there at Lloyd's. Uh, A text came in a bit ago, Dan, that uh, said, let me see if I can move this a little bit here. What would cause the floor of the passenger side to be wet under the floor mat on a 2011 Ford Expedition Dexter says, I've had the AC hose blown out twice. Yeah, you know, okay, that was going to be my first answer, so they're already, they're already <laughs> ahead of me on that. Uh, if the AC, as one of the byproducts of making air conditioning, uh, just like on your home uh, air conditioning, is that it uh, it takes water out of the air, and that's part of what helps make the air in your car cooler. The water uh, from the air conditioner then drains out of a tube onto the ground, and uh, if that uh, tube gets plugged up with debris, um, then of course the water has to go somewhere, and it'll it'll eventually get high enough to leak into the car. So that was my first answer: is keep that uh, AC tube uh, cleaned out, and and you won't have that trouble. <clears throat> the place that we see leaking and and another very common one is from the sunroof uh when when the sunroof is closed uh in our minds we think that there's a seal around the sunroof that keeps all the water out and that's not true actually some water does trickle through around the edges and there's a tray in the or under the sunroof that catches that water and then uh, similar to the ac the water runs down a tube uh, through the door pillars and onto the ground uh, to, you know, let the water out from the uh, sunroof. If that tube gets plugged or disconnected, the same thing happens. The water runs down the ape or the pillar of the uh, car and ends up on the floor. And so that's more likely now what's going on is the uh, that tube for the sunroof is either disconnected or plugged, and the water's not leaking down to the ground like it's supposed to. So if you bring it into a shop and ask them uh, or tell them what's going on and ask them what you should do, 
uh, they'll quickly be able to look at that, assess it, and decide uh, how complicated it's going to be to get that tube either unplugged or reconnected. And then you also have to be aware that uh, it needs to be dried out. Somehow that uh, that insulation underneath the carpet gets all wet, and sometimes that's a pretty big job to get that up and out of the way to uh, get that water all out of there. But there's, as we've talked before, Denny, there's... Uh, computers under the seat there's all sorts of wiring and connectors and harnesses that run under it and so those all need to stay dry absolutely all right very good thanks for that text 651-989-9226 tell you what let's uh, grab a phone call here while we're at it gordy i think is first up here calling in from plymouth gordy you're on with dan yeah good morning gentlemen how are you doing today good thanks I've got a question. A couple days ago, well, I've got a 2000 Ford Focus, 80,000 miles. A couple days ago, my uh, electric door locks quit working, every one of them. And I was just wondering if you had any advice for me. Well, um, it could be a whole bunch of things. Uh, It could be in that master switch thing uh, on the uh, driver's door. Uh, without looking at a wiring diagram, I'm just kind of guessing, but but uh, commonly all of the door lock stuff goes through that master switch, and uh, if that quits, then uh, uh, none of them will work. It won't work from from either door, um, and it, and I guess that's one thing that that you should check is will it work from either door, or will it work from the remote? And if it won't work from any of them. Then the process that we would take is to actually get out the wiring diagram and see uh, what's common about all them, if none of them work from any of that, and eventually that'll bring you back to the power source, and what's the power source uh, for the door locks? Is there a fuse uh, that that, that, uh, that is powering up the door locks, or, uh, you know, is, is it a circuit breaker, or does it go through other circuits or, or so forth? But um, in order to know that, you have to look at the wiring diagram. And that's exactly what we do when we're working on a problem like that is is determine if it's completely dead. And if it is completely dead from all of those sources, then it probably is a power or a ground problem that's going on. And uh, that'll kill it. And then the other thing that happens on a 2000 is old enough, it's 20 years old, the uh, wiring going from the door to the body of the vehicle goes through a little rubber tube in the driver's door, and we quite often see where the wires break uh, in that door uh, because, you know, every time you open and close the door, they flex. And uh, after 20 years of flexing, uh, sometimes those wires will break. So that's another place that the uh, power source could be disrupted and uh, could be causing trouble. All right. We need to take a quick break. I want to alert Janice. You're going to be next uh, on the phone, and then we'll pick up on text messages as well. Same number applies, 651-989-9226. Again, Dan will be with us till just about 745 this morning when Jack Farrell steps in. So call in or text in your car care question before that time. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our car care show. Denny Long here with the Dan Burns, ASC certified technician with Lloyd's Automotive and on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Dan, I know, again, you mentioned because of the holiday, you're, you're normally open on Saturdays, but not because of the holiday, but you'll be back Tuesday. Where can we find Lloyd's? 
Well, we are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. You can come over and and see us here. That'd be great. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call on Tuesday at 651-228-1316. Very good. We'll get you that number before Dan leaves us today. Dan will be with us till about 745, keep in mind. Well, uh, Dan, we promised Janice she'd be next in New Hope. Uh, Janice, thanks for waiting. What is your question for Dan? Uh, I have a 26, uh, 2016 Ford Focus, and I had it into the dealer the other day for a multi-point check. And the first thing they said was that my uh, brake fluid was cloudy, now, last year I had a problem where I was low on brake fluid, and between the people we were talking with, they decided to fill it up. And then they say I need new um, new tires, and I was wondering what you would, uh, where you would recommend that I would go for that. My car's uh, got a seven-year warranty. I'll listen. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I would rec- I would recommend that you go to your favorite shop. Uh, if that's the dealership, that's fine. Uh, if it's not, if uh, if you want to deal with an independent shop, uh, you know, I would ask for references in your neighborhood and and uh, find out where uh, you know where people get their cars fixed and where they're happy getting their cars fixed. And uh, you know, that's how you do the research. As far as whether uh, what to do about that work that's pretty routine stuff uh changing brake fluid is part of the normal maintenance schedule so you probably do want to do that uh and tires especially coming into fall are a big deal uh you need to have good tires on your vehicle for the winter so uh you know pick a place that you're comfortable with where they will uh, do a good job of installing them and and uh, i think you'll be you'll do just fine uh, with with that, uh, with uh, where, wherever it is that you are most comfortable getting your vehicle fixed. All right. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones in a second here, but I want to grab a text. I don't want to forget about texters. Here's one. It says, uh, I have a uh, 2014 Silverado. I uh, had to disconnect the mass airflow sensor to replace air filter. Uh, reconnect sensor started truck. It ran fast. Check engine light came on shut down, and disconnected battery. Light is now cleared. A question is, why did the light come uh, come on, or, and should I have disconnected the battery before disconnecting the MAF? Well, uh, no, you don't have to. Before disconnecting the airflow sensor, you do not have to uh, disconnect the battery. However, if during the process of that uh, you turn the key on, or uh, attempted to start it, you know, forgot that it was disconnected, which I've done, uh, then uh, then that will set a code for the mass airflow sensor and uh, and cause and cause the check engine light to come on. So uh, if you did any of that in the process, then uh, what you did is just fine. It, it, the code will take care of itself. You know, there's nothing wrong. But, uh, but no, you do not have to disconnect the battery, but you do have to leave the key off uh, during the process or uh, you'll run into that trouble. 
All right. Very good. Thank you for that. Uh, let's go back to the phones. I think Diana is calling from Hutchinson this uh, morning. Diana, what is your question for Dan? Good morning. I have a 2011 Dodge Grand Caravan, and the last few days my low tire light's been coming on and beeping at me, and checked all the tires. They're all fine. Do you have any ideas why this is happening? Well, uh, sometimes there's a sensor in the spare, I don't think there is on a caravan, but but on many cars there is. So that's the other thing to check. Be sure that your spare tire is pumped up. And actually, whether there's a sensor or not, be sure that your spare tire is pumped up because people rarely check those. Uh, And every time I check them, they're low. So fill your spare no matter what. But anyway, um, if if, if that's not the case, if there's not a sensor in there and if the tires are all fine, then uh, if you... Swing by your shop. They have a little meter that will uh, read the sensors in each of the four tires. And uh, there's a chance that one of the sensors is not reading correctly. Those little sensors have a small battery in them. And over time, those batteries uh, can fail. Uh, um, and if they do, then the sensor needs to be replaced and, um, you need help doing that because you have to reprogram the sensors and, and, you know, take, break the tire down and put them inside and, and all that. But, uh, but if you swing by, they can read those four sensors, decide which one isn't reading correctly. And, uh, they'll recommend changing either one or perhaps all of them, depending upon what your budget is and what your plan is. Uh, for the vehicle, but uh, but that can easily be done, and, uh, and 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 that'll take care of the light for you. All right, good deal. Let me grab a uh, text before we take a bottom of the hour break. Doug, you're going to be next in the phone. Uh, here is a uh, 2002 Buick Century. AC in the car has separate sliding temperature controls for drivers and passenger. While on the driver's side blows cold air, passenger side is hot. What needs to be replaced? Well, I don't know what needs to be replaced, but it does need to be diagnosed. And what's wrong is one of the one of the doors, there's doors inside the heat box that open and close to allow the right air to blow through the heat box, whether that be cold or hot or whatever it is. For some reason, one of those little doors isn't working correctly. And uh, there's little uh, electric servo motors that operate them. Uh, the doors themselves can break. Uh, debris can get stuck in there that won't allow the door to move properly. There's a whole bunch of things that can cause it. But the uh, the diagnostics portion will be for you. To, you're going to have to bring it into a shop, and they'll hook it up to their computer, and they'll see what's happening with the doors and with the HVAC uh, um, system. And uh, in that process, they'll be able to tell you what's wrong and then give you an estimate as to what it will cost to repair it. But uh, one of those doors isn't working correctly. It's not getting the signal that you're trying to send it. And uh, and there's a whole bunch of things that could be the problem. All right, I tell you what, Dan, let's take a break, our usual bottom of the hour break. We have more show to come. Dan will be with us till about 745 here on our Car Care Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. 
Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CISO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here on this Saturday morning on Labor Day weekend. Dan Burns is helping you out. Dan Burns, an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Dan, we have callers and we have texters, so let's uh, get you put back to work here. Uh, Doug is calling, I believe, from Brooklyn Park this morning. Thanks for waiting, Doug. What is your question? Uh, morning, guys. Uh, I've got a Ford Taurus 2012. Uh, it's got an ignition short, I suspect. Uh, I turned the key. Nothing happens uh, after no noise or anything. After a bit, uh, all of the console lights <clears throat> rapidly flashing on and off. Uh, when I turn it off, they continue to flash on and off. I disconnected the battery uh, with a 12 volts. I reconnected it. It pulls the battery down to 5 volts. Uh, after I did that a couple times, uh, the lights weren't flashing, but the relay and the fuse box was chattering, uh, and if I push on the brake pedal, uh, it stops chattering. Uh, and uh, I can't get it out of park, so I'm a little concerned about uh, getting it towed or anything as well. Yeah, I think you ha- it sounds to me like you have a dead battery. Uh, it sounds to me like you've got a whole bunch of symptoms of low voltage, and uh, and... Uh, I think that's what's going on. So I think what I would do is uh, charge your battery. First of all, make sure that your battery cables are clean and making good connection, uh, and then charge the battery uh, or jump the vehicle with another vehicle and see if that takes care of it. What it sounds like, you know, what you're describing is uh, when you put your foot on the brake and you take more voltage away from something else, that's causing a problem. When it goes, the the fact that you can get the battery down to five volts would tell me that the battery is dead. It shouldn't. You should not be able to uh, make the battery that low. So charge your battery or replace your battery, and uh, I think that you'll find that your problems are all solved. All right. Very good. Thank you, Doug. Uh, let's go to Blaine. I think Harlan has been waiting there to ask you a question. Harlan, you are on CCO with Dan. <laughs> Yeah, I have a 2005 Chevrolet Colorado pickup, and the heater fan keeps burning out on positions one, two, and three, but it always keeps working on position four. I've replaced a switch probably three or four times, and it just continues to do that. Well, the uh, what actually controls the speed of the motor is the is is a resistor block uh, on the ground side of the vehicle. And uh, that res- is it the ground side. Well, anyway, there's a uh, there's a resistor block on the heater box. It's called the blower motor resistor, and it's behind the um, uh, glove compartment. And so, if you access that from the glove compartment, you'll see sticking into the side of the box of the heater box itself, and there'll be four or five wires going to it. And uh, those blow, they, that's quite common that they fail. It's called the blower motor resistor. So if you uh, access that from behind the glove compartment, you'll find it. And it's just two little screws that you take out to take it out. And if you go to any parts store, they'll have it. And uh, you'll be able to replace it, and that'll take care of it for you. All right, very good. Uh, you may have to help me with this one, Dan. The texter says, turbocharger wastegate causing underboost. Can I still drive it? Uh, to fix it seems too expensive. Well, you can you can drive it in the short term, but it's uh, uh, 
you know, a, a, a vehicle, a, a turbocharged engine is designed to run with the turbocharger, and it's complicated to um, run it without the turbocharger, uh, drive it properly or, or, or normally uh, without using that. So, uh, in the short term, I would say yes that that's uh, that you can, you know, get around with it. Uh, without the turbocharger working properly, but long-term, uh, that's going to need to be repaired. And uh, the wastegate that he's talking about, Denny, is uh, is uh, as part of the turbo boost that, you know, when a turbocharger uh, provides uh, pressure, and as, <clears throat> when the pressure gets high, it needs a place to go. And that, that place that that goes is that wastegate opens up and lets excess pressure off. Mm. Um, and that needs to be working properly. All right. I know we've had a similar question like this, uh, Dan, but uh, a texter says they have a 2011 Camry. Uh, are aftermarket LED headlights legal to install in that vehicle? Yeah, I think I think we asked this question yet, uh, last week, and, and as far as I know, <clears throat> they certainly are legal to uh, install. There's, uh, I know, I personally have have on vehicles uh, uh, aftermarket are available for fog lights and things like that, and and uh, I've installed those for people. Uh, so I'm sure that they are legal, uh, and and they also are very effective, and so I think that that'll be just fine. Okay. There's another text. It says it's an '82 Camaro. Tester says, when I drive it in the morning, it often dies within the first 10 minutes of operation, but will run fine the rest of the day. The tack goes to zero, even though the engine is still turning over. The distributor has been completely rebuilt, looking for loose connections. It will not restart if the ignition switch is left on, but will restart immediately if the ignition is turned off, then back on. My mechanic, who is very good, this texter says, uh, says he has never seen an ignition switch fail and thinks it's a loose connection. Have you ever had any experience with this? Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> doesn't sound all that much like a loose connection to me. It sounds more like a one of the components in the uh, ignition system. But uh, if it does it consistently enough, it, if we were to hook up a number of meters. Uh, a spark indicator and, you know, uh, a, a test light on the primary side of the ignition and, and a few other points uh, in the ignition system for test purposes, we could see uh, when it fails, what's going away, what, what, where are we losing power or where are we losing signal. And in that process, uh, we would be able to figure out uh, what is failing, or it also would tell us if there is a, a loose connection. But, but, uh, but, but just the fact that if you cycle the key off and back on, you're kind of you're kind of uh, re-energizing a module. It seems to me, and and then it will come back to life and it'll be fine. So, uh, I think with a little bit of testing, uh, you'd be able to get to the bottom of that and figure out what it what what's what the what which component has failed. Okay. Uh, here's another one, uh, Dan. It's a 2014 Acadia. Question is, is there an easy way of checking the timing chain if it is loose or worn? Well, um, 
I don't know if it's easy or not, but yes, if you put a wrench, uh, you know, a big wrench or socket or whatever it takes on the crankshaft and, and move the crankshaft back and forth and see how, see how many degrees of play you get in the crankshaft before the camshaft starts to move. And as you go back and forth, you're taking the slack from one side of the chain and putting it to the other side of the chain. And uh, in that process, you're able to measure how, how far it's moving or, or uh, how far the crankshaft is moving before the camshaft will move. And that'll tell you how much, how much play there is. And we have got about a minute to go here, but a texter uh, said this in regard to the call with the AC warm on one side, cold on the other. A texter says, I've had several cars with that problem. It's always been the AC is low on uh, Freon. Would you agree with that or at least partially agree? Uh, could be, although uh, pretty much the AC system is is uh, the same on both sides. So if it's working on one side and not the other, uh, but... I, I don't think so, but if it's working inefficiently, then uh, perhaps it just feels a little cooler on one side than the other, and so that's true. If the AC is low, uh, you could get a weird uh, experience like that, so okay. uh, that certainly will be one of the things that they would check in that process. Very good. We thank our listeners, phone callers, and texters alike. We're going to do this again uh, next week, and I hope you're you're available, Dan. I will be. Okay. Well, in the meantime, I know that's a holiday weekend, but uh, when folks get back to it, how do they get in touch with Lloyd's Automotive? Well, come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul, right between Lexington and Victoria on Grand Avenue. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. On that website, by the way, Denny, we have a we still have a posting for a position that we have available. So uh, anybody that would be interested in that, make sure you check that out or give us a call on Tuesday. Our phone number is 651-228-1316. Very good. Thanks, Dan. Have a great holiday weekend. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Thanks, Danny. You too. You bet.